Hello, we're back and we're going to talk to Curtis some more about his career as a guitarist. Okay, and we are back with Curtis and we're going to keep talking about all kinds of stuff in regards to his guitar playing and his life and who knows what all. So, <laughs> so something I've wondered when you're a, an instrumentalist, a guitarist, and um, you don't have vocals, you don't have lyrics, um, because normally songwriters kind of start with lyrics, you know, I think generally they do, and then they add music to it. Maybe I'm wrong on that? It, it, I'm wondering about your yeah, songwriting it, it, process. It, it all, it, I think it all depends. I mean, uh, it, sometimes it comes together, uh, it, you know, at the same time. And uh, for me, almost always it's the music first and the melody. For me, melody is chief of a thing. So when I write a, when I write a piece of music uh, and I have a melody, I don't know right away whether it's a lyric song or an instrumental. Oh, it could know? go. It could but go. It could go either way. Ah, and you okay. could do. I mean, there are you know there are uh, uh, plenty of uh, well back to the jazz thing. So someday my prince will come. It has lyrics to it, right? But right. The, you can hear the melody. I, I don't want to keep going back to that soon. But there's plenty of of, of, of songs uh, like if you if you were to hear, hear uh, um, you know Hey Jude as an instrumental, you'd know what the song is. Mm -hmm. Or if I play the, the melody to Happy Birthday, mm -hmm. right? So mm -hmm. it works, it just, it's arrangement, uh, right? And right. how you want to do it in, in, in instrumentation. So, um, you know, so I, I think, you know, you going back to the origin, when I finished the, the band, with the band that I was in, was a vocal based, right? It was, mm -hmm. you know, by, you know, uh, and, and I did reflection on what is the music that I really, keep going back to that I really love listening to mm -hmm. and and a lot of it was instrumental you know I mean I was you know uh, listening to a lot of Jeff Beck who was a huge influence you know all instrumental uh, you know and really in learning and discovering jazz and Miles Davis and Charlie Parker I mean this is all way before my time yeah. um, and then some of the the instrumental parts of songs that are vocal were some of my favorite parts you know um, and then the uh, work of Pat Metheny, which is again a, a more contemporary jazz artist. And in, in some of his stuff, he actually uses vocals where it is kind of a support role like an instrument, uh -huh. where he has a Portuguese singer and stuff. So it's not like a pop song with the, and you, uh -huh. you hear it. So You worked with him? Uh, no, no, no. I'd listen and learn from oh, him, right? Gotcha. Yeah, his, yeah, I, no, I, that would be great to meet him. But <laughs> I, have, I have not. Um, but I, I guess what I'm saying is, is that. Uh, uh, the uh, if you set out and wanting to write a vocal song, then mm -hmm. yeah, perhaps you write you write the lyrics first, or you you or you have a lyricist. You know, um, I know like uh, um, Bernie Toppin, who worked with Elton John, he would write all the lyrics, and 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 then uh, Elton would put music to it. Mm -hmm. Right, so mm -hmm. that's the formula work that's brilliant, right? Oh, you know, others, it's all happening at the same at the at the same time for me. Again, you know, uh, I hear um, the the music uh, first, and then the lyrics. And 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 if you get a chance to, uh, one of my favorite scenes in in the series, Get Back, uh, for the Beatles, it was yeah. a documentary that was done, okay. uh, and I got chills on it because they're in the studio, and there's Paul McCartney in the corner, and he's he's you could see he's writing he's he's humming he's doing this mu music stuff and it's get back oh. and you're seeing him write get back 
right in front of your eyes. It's caught on camera. Yeah. And he doesn't know he's being filmed, oh, or he does, because yeah. they filmed everything. And he's doing, yeah. you can see it. And again, there, the music's coming first. Mm -hmm. And they went through, and some of the early lyrics were all placeholder music. Mm -hmm. And the, uh, uh, lyrics. Mm -hmm. I mean, it was it, like, you know, the, yesterday we started off as scrambled eggs. I don't know, that's a thing. A lot of people know what? that. Scrambled eggs. Scrambled <laughs> eggs. I never knew that. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, when it, he was, so he was developing his melody using placeholder words. Uh-huh. You know, eventually it became yesterday. And, and they so, could be silly. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. But it doesn't matter. I mean, you know, and sometimes those, those words stick. But, but uh, you know, I don't know if it would have been as big a hit I'm if it was, if it was scrambled. Case, they right? It was a breakfast song versus a <laughs> song about life or whatever. Um, Although they probably could have sold it to a company that serves food and made a fortune. Yeah. But my approach to lyric writing in, you know, in, is is uh, uh, you know I don't want I, I I don't want to throw away words. Do you collaborate with anyone? On on not recently, but in the past, you know, mm. so when in the I band mean, band context. Post band. Uh, uh, not with lyrics, no. Okay. Yeah, but like I said, most most of the stuff I do is instrumental. But I uh, so I'm actually uh, finishing a song uh, that uh, that I recorded the basics years ago, and I and, and I was never happy with the lyrics. Now I'm revisiting that. It's interesting having that gap in time, of you know you you wrote lyrics and then now you're a different person. Mm. Oh right, you know. it's like getting a tattoo at some point, and then you, you go, what is this thing? <laughs> <laughs> right? That's not me at all anymore. Well, yeah, we we change. I mean, and this is. <laughs> It goes with the tones that you like to hear, and and the and the in the timbres and things. Uh, but yeah, certainly lyrics are so personal, and if, right. if they don't resonate, right. so. Yeah. So let's. You mentioned your band Lunatic French that you used to play with, right? You have video of that band also. Yeah. Yeah, and there's a song in particular that you know what I'm thinking about. Yeah. <laughs> it's called Sexual Sensation, and it goes back. Where was that performed? Well, we they, we had a, a somebody in the band that knew some some film students, and they wanted to do a film project. And this oh. is this is this is back again when people didn't have camera equipment. I mean, they had to they basically borrowed the camera equipment from their <laughs> their job without the boss knowing because of stuff all all us right. I mean, you, you guys you had to do it right. You yeah. had to go. Yeah. You're gonna check this stuff out and yeah. don't break anything. <laughs> uh, but they so basically they had it. They wrote a whole storyline for it. You know, I mean, uh -huh. the, you know, so it's like a, it was the hell time of music videos, right? Where yeah. you have the band and the scenario, and then they came to a show we did at the Roxy, which is in Hollywood, uh, and uh -huh. they filmed footage there backstage and and also the the show mm. that then that is spliced into into that. Oh, I see. Yeah. So that's the live footage is, is, is from the Roxy it, from the Roxy and then uh, and, and then it's on know. Sunset in Hollywood yeah and then back to the editing too I can't even tell you what they use for the editing but they certainly didn't oh, have right. they didn't have modern uh, you know computer, computer workstations yeah. to do all the editing yeah. it could have been you know two dubbing things who knows yeah. I don't know Okay. It's so, pretty primitive. So let's watch a little bit of it. Not the whole thing. We won't watch the whole thing, but a clip of um, Sexual Sensation by Lunatic Fringe. And you can see that it's vintage.
Wow. That's a lot of memories in that video. Yeah. I'm having flashbacks, you know. Yeah, no, it's, you know, we, we were just talking about how you're a different person, you know. Uh -huh. Like, I, I, I would have a tough time, like, you know, teaching my band, we're going to do this song I used to do, <laughs> and do that song. It just wouldn't. You were rocking it, it out it, on that song, you know, too. I'd have to change it and uh, do something to it. To... <laughs> right. Do you have any good stories, speaking of the Roxy and clubs, like Hollywood clubs in particular, I'm thinking, do you have any stories of any disastrous shows where if it could go wrong, it did go wrong, or maybe something big went wrong? Yeah, well, probably more than one. I mean, one that's, that just popped into my mind, it, and this was the thing, uh, I mean, even, uh, you know, when I was in my 20s, I, I wasn't one of those people that w would easily stay up to three or four in the morning, mm. right? It's like, ugh, you know, you know and yeah. so it, it, anyway, but it, we, had, we, are, we had an opportunity to play, you know, some cool happening club or whatever, and, you know, and you, we're going on at midnight or one yeah. in the morning, right? Yeah. So anyways, we're, and so we, of course, we got there at nine or 10, so we're sitting around for hours waiting to play. <laughs> We get on stage, we play, uh, you know, and uh, I, I don't even remember the name of the club or where it was. It was, again, one of those kind of pop-up places, you know, like, mm. you know how Scream would travel around. That yeah. was one, oh, yeah, right? Totally. So. Yeah, that was, a, that was a club in, it, that went everywhere in L.A. Right, exactly. <laughs> Depending on the week. <laughs> and um, we're playing, and then uh, uh, there was a gunshot, and then all the lights came on, and, and uh, basically someone was shot at the club. Oh so, my gosh. so our set was cut short. So we played a couple songs, and I, I just remember going to bed thinking, "Wow, you know, what if that bullet had come and like you know, hit my guitar yeah. or something, yeah. oh <laughs> or me?" That's like one night I I booked a club, Madame Wong's, which uh -huh. is, was oh, yeah. a club I in Santa Monica, California. East or West? West. Yeah, which was in Santa Monica, <laughs> California. And I remember one night, it was two-story, there were bands that played upstairs and downstairs. And one night somebody it was in the men's room shooting up the toilets. And it's oh, like, wow. why? I have no idea, right? But I was like, okay, this is so they had to clear people out. And you know, thank God nobody got hurt at that, you know. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, but, you know, I could write a book about, and I'm sure you yeah. could too, just about Absolutely. club experiences playing yeah. live. So. Yeah. <laughs> so um, let's see. We talked about that. Oh, let's let's talk a little bit about AI and how you think that may affect or enhance um, guitar playing or music in general. Because hmm. um, this is all brand new, yeah. just really recently. Well, you know, and it'd be interesting too. You know, so as we talk about this, you know, and then someone coming back ten years from now to see what we had to say about it. Mm -hmm. You know, mm -hmm. um, is it's is it's early on. Uh, I think, um, and it's it, it, there's some similarities to like when the internet came. Right, it was this uh, this hype curve, as it's called, right? Of oh, here's the internet, and you know, and you remember all the dot coms that came in, and the, and people, it was the the gold rush kind of, right? Oh yeah, this is the the world's changing, and we have access to all these things, and then you know, and then it kind of leveled off, and the limitations were discovered, right? And then it went up this ramp, you know, it came out of what they the called the trough of disillusionment, right? <laughs> and, and starts called going, the, the trough of disillusionment. So there's- Is the, that an actual Yeah, it's a, it's a term, I, I forget, the, I think it's uh, 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 these analysts called Gardner, that, that they look at trends. And so you have this hype curve where things go up mm -hmm. and then it starts to decline. Right. And then it hits down here where it's like, oh, 
you know, all the promises that we had, it just didn't do, you know, and, and it, right? And I mean, that was the thing. And then, yeah. and then it goes, then it steadily goes up and it hits and it can go on right for a long time, right? Mm -hmm. You know, um, and we see this and, you know, a lot of it's driven by the media and everything else. But so AI, the concept of, of, of machine learning and AI have been around for a long time. But now we have these things, and this happens a lot of times, of things coming together where you have certain processing power, right, and, and all this, and, 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 and the programming, and, and, just, and then it happens, and then we get something like ChatGTP, and people's mm -hmm. minds are blown, mm -hmm. or, or Dolly. You know, I have to tell you, when I was coming up with the concept for this, I'm like, okay, I'm not a grad, I can do a lot of good things, I mean, things well, but I cannot draw to save my life. So if I wanted to, to, to get the idea of what it looked, I, went, I used Dolly. And I said, give me a picture of James Dean walking down the street with telephone poles uh, and, and a guitar slung. And it gave me basically a mocked up thing within seconds. Of what it's like, oh I, so that I could show the photographer this is kind of what I want to Your do. Concept. My concept, and there, that was an example of AI was a huge time saver. Mm -hmm. Now, mm -hmm. did I put a graphic artist out of work for that? Well, not really. I hired a photographer to do it, yeah. and I didn't, I didn't, you know, fake it for the bit. I used it as a tool, and I think that's mm -hmm. what it comes down to, and that's the way I view AI ultimately. Things will change. People's jobs, the the type of jobs they have, is going to change, and how we approach uh, music is going to change mm -hmm. uh, with things. And you know, for music specifically, uh, we've seen similar things like this uh, come up. Like, um, for instance, um, uh, in the '80s when when drum machines came around. And I bought one. Yeah, you know, and they were huge for song. I remember buying a. Uh, a uh, uh, I had a couple. One, I had a Yamaha R8, I think it was, and. You know, and you could program these patterns, and, and the interface was crude and stuff, but you would have this. And it really created this whole genre of music in the 80s. You know, the whole new wave thing was, was based on it. And there's probably a lot, of the, and, and still are, a lot of pissed off drummers. I know my drummer hates <laughs> drum machines, you know, right? But So you're thinking that if the drum machine, and sequencers too, sequencers. hadn't come into being at that time, that maybe music wouldn't have taken that direction, the bands of that different. time. Yeah, it, it happened uh, when, so Les Paul invented multi-track recording, right? It used to be oh, where you right. could do sound on Les sound Paul and stuff, did. and so that technology. Les Paul was... How brilliant. would you describe he, uh, a brilliant guitar player and inventor? And he and one of the things that he invented was uh, was uh, multi-track recording, and it evolved. And then you know, and it went to two tracks to four tracks, you know. And then they you know combined it. Now we now we have infinite in the computer, right? Yeah. But my point being is that we when you have certain technology things that come along, then it influences it. You know, um, the development of what are called distortion or fuzz pedals for guitar. Mm -hmm. uh, you know. W w uh, came about in the 60s and you know and Jimi Hendrix capitalized on that and, mm -hmm. made, and his sound was built on the, a fuzz space through and a, everybody got one yeah <laughs> you know and then and it, it evolved from there so those are those are pieces of technology that are used and I mean I can there's many other things you go on and so now we have AI which artificial intelligence you know what does that mean is it, it, and so I view it uh, and, and plan to use it uh, and learn about it and try to use it as, yeah. a, as a tool. And I'm curious and, to see what. Yeah, you know, like one. And, and I think too, if, if, if you, have you played with ChatGTP at all? No. 
Okay, so basically you, you give it prompts for what, what you want to do, and, and, and it, it's very good to help with your writing. Mm -hmm. now, but I, I mean, I, I consider myself to be good at writing, you know, in the written word, but sometimes you So you're you get, talking about text, written Text, word. text, yeah. right, yeah. So, ch yeah, Dolly is, is images, uh, TV is all text, and so you can, you can ask it questions, uh, or you can say, here, here's my bio, I've written it, can you give me some variations on it? Oh. And it will do that. Or can you proofread it for me, right? Yeah. I mean, this is an area. So in the future, the, uh, you know, a good career path is, of proofreading is probably not good, right? You, <laughs> right. Journalists are not going to go away, yeah. right? Yeah. Uh, but, you know, proofreaders maybe, right? Yeah. So here, and I'm going to experiment with this, is, is, and they've already done this, is write me a song in the style of, of, of you know, Jay-Z, and it comes up with a rap, right. you know? And it doesn't write melodies yet. Yeah, yeah. But that's the thing, and I've heard some of the, the AI-generated music. I mean, and this is the thing for like bed music and background music is for a certain thing. And, and you know, say, do me, a, a, you know, a, a hundred beats per minute, a kind of a reggae thing, you know, with, you know, and, and it'll, it's amazing where it is now. What's it going to be in five years? Right, right. And we're seeing this, and so that's the question is, is uh, then that puts an emphasis on how important the organic elements of art are. Right. And it's so, man, I'm saying art, it's not just music, it's gonna be film, it's gonna be, it's gonna be music, yeah. it's gonna be uh, painting, everything mm -hmm. is, is that, that human element of it, mm -hmm. you know? Because you can make a great song that is emotional that uses a drum machine, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. yeah. They're out there. Yeah. But yeah. there's still a human voice and and the composition that created the melody and the arrangement of it and all that stuff right. so um, it can be written from someone's personal life their personal experiences yeah. and that kind of thing so so that'll be the trick so that's the, the i guess the the short answer is the short answer is is that it's uh, it's a tool yeah <laughs> right but and tools Let's can be misused that. though this is <laughs> <laughs> this is true. Anyway, we, next. we hope that doesn't happen. No. We pray that doesn't happen. Uh, let's go back to organic. You have some of your guitars here with you. Can you show some of your guitars okay. and explain what they are and then talk about what application, like maybe two or three of them. We don't want to do it too in-depth, yeah, but yeah. talk about what application you would use that particular instrument for. Okay, yeah, I can kind of give you, uh, uh, maybe I'll, and it'll be appropriate. I'm going to start with this guitar. I've had this guitar the longest. Uh, and this is actually a Les Paul. A real Les Paul. A real, and Les Paul, uh, again, we were just talking about one of the yeah. things he, he was involved in, in the creation of this guitar through Gibson. And so, so beautiful. Yeah, and you'll see it's heavy. Feel how heavy that a guitar is. Oh my gosh, okay, take yeah, it back. Yeah, so, <laughs> so this is, uh, and, and I, I got this when I was in high school. Uh -huh. uh, and uh, you know it was, it was a dream guitar at that point, and um, it still is a dream guitar. Right? But you know what? I don't play it that much. I use it in recording. I never play it live because it's heavy, and so I'm not. I'm not as I don't consider myself a, a Les Paul player. Okay. You know, and are there it, people that consider? Yeah, like uh, yeah, like uh, like Slash. You ever seen him without a Les Paul? You know, I would know. Oh, okay. But. Well, <laughs> if you see a picture, you'll see a guitar that looks a lot like this. You know, you, yeah. You know, I did a photo shoot where I played a guitarist. Yeah. It was just a photo shoot, yeah. and I was shocked by how heavy the electric guitars were. My shoulders started to hurt from the strap, and I was like, I never knew I had a new respect. And the, on guitars. this guitar too, the, this is this is a little heavy, it's a little top heavy. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But uh, Jimmy, Jimmy Page is known for playing a lot of Paul. I mean, if you see, you know, 
from Led Zeppelin, yeah, you know. Okay. But anyways, the, so certain players kind of get known for certain kind of okay. good guitars. And so this, like I said, I've had this. I've almost sold it a couple times, and I'm glad I didn't. That's <gasps> no, the thing. No, don't Cause do I, it. Because I, I, tend, I tend to, uh, you know, uh, if I'm not using something, sell it. But anyway, I've kept it. And, and you do? I, yeah. Unlike a lot of guitars, it'll just hang on to. Yeah, no, I tend to. You'll I'll have 20 guitars. Yeah, no, I, I mean, I have, I have a, you know, uh, a good, you know, small collection but I use them the ones I have I use so but I did use the I did the use this tune uh, on uh, several of the tunes uh, n maybe not as a feature but as part of it so oh, nice. but the other guitar that's worth seeing here uh, is kind of the yin-yang in electric guitars this is a Fender Stratocaster oh we've heard okay. a lot about this right. the Fender Stratocaster all of you may have right. heard a lot about Fender Stratocasters and so uh, you know I mean uh, uh, you know in a lot of ways Jimi Hendrix kind of pop made put this on the map right oh, this okay. this is the favorite guitar that uh, Jeff Beck would play uh -huh. right uh, and uh, many many others when did uh, you acquire this guitar? Um, gosh, I don't know how long I've had this. Fifteen. Did years. I really just so, say acquire? I did. <laughs> you acquired, yes, I did. I, I did buy this new. This is so the thing with it, it, Fender did it, did it successfully is the brand and the name Stratocaster. They've been able to create a thing where there are very cheap Strats you can buy mm -hmm. for like two, three hundred dollars made in Mexico or something like that. Same okay. kind of basic aesthetic, and then they're very high-end ones. And so this, this is an area. So they have the whole range now. Huh? Yeah, but it still has the same look. Yeah, oh, imagine, imagine if Chevy made a Corvette that was ten thousand dollars and one that was eighty thousand uh dollars. Uh-huh. And but they look the same. Basically, the but basic the body is. The, yeah, the engine's different. The, uh, the paint job's different. Okay. The, you know, the components are different. Definitely, the components are different. So that's the thing. You know, the attention to detail. So this is, this is an Eric Johnson model Stratocaster that to his spec that uh, to one of his vintage Strats. And so, okay. uh, this you know the this is a, a great guitar. And will you will you explain? What these are and how it so, kind of how yeah. it works. Just, yeah, so just yeah, these are these are pickups and these Let's are basically the these are here. these are uh, pickups. Uh, there's pull piece pull pieces here for each of the strings, and it's is basically uh, magnets wrapped in wire and and then uh, through electromagnetic uh, th uh, application as the string vibrates the field uh, it, it vibrates this mechanical field which creates a small voltage, small voltage then comes out here and is amplified in the amplifier. And you and, plug this into an amplifier. Right, it goes out. How you hear the guitar. Exactly. That's so you can hear it, you know, acoustically, but then you plug it in. This is volume and, and uh, what's called tone. That's uh, bass and treble, uh, essentially. Uh, and so this one has, has uh, three pickups here, and then this controls which one. So that's this, that's these two, that's this, that's these two, and then Depending that's Depending on the sound. The sound. Want. It creates different sounds. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Okay. So, and do all guitars have tone controls on them? Uh, no, guitars? not all. Not all. Yeah, you can choose to keep them off. A lot of them do. <laughs> the, uh, the budget right, line, right. the Stratocaster doesn't. <laughs> well, no, actually, I mean, that was the thing, yeah, like, uh, I'll get to in a second, but, you know, Eddie Van Halen, he made his own guitar, uh, and it had one knob. He didn't, you know, didn't volume. use the tone. <laughs> yeah, volume, exactly. <laughs> But one thing that that uh, that uh, Fender and Leo Fender invented was this again. This is the vibrato bar, which is where you can control which the pitch of the string. Which is also called a wah wah or something. Uh, is it? Wang, a wang bar a or wang bar. Or, or vibrato. Uh, it's not a wah wah would be the pedal that goes wah wah. Oh, wah, wah. okay, all right. So it has springs on the back, and so this floats here, and so then you can go. You, uh, I had it set up to go to go up, up or down. 
Uh, and so this is a big part of uh, um, uh, some players, and uh, I prefer. Okay, I prefer that way. I, I prefer guitars okay. that, that do have a uh, a, a, um, a bark because I like the the way it controls pitch. Okay. So, and then the last one to show, uh, which is um, essentially kind of a, a mirroring of these two guitars, is is basically a Strat type of guitar, but with a humbucker pickup here. And, and so, what is that? So this is like the Gibson has these these bigger pickups here. The way the electronic way uh, electronically the way it is is it has a different sound. Okay. And, it, and it's a little crunchier, for lack of a better word. Mm -hmm. uh, and uh, and so this this is a this this is a Sur guitar that uh, is based that doesn't violate the copyright on the Stratocaster, but it's inspired by that. It has it's the a bar. Sir guitar? Sir, yeah, S-U-H-R. And so you got the springs. Oh, that's it's the a, brand name? The brand, yeah. Oh, okay. And so this is very, very high-end uh, attention to detail, uh, special wood and the paint, everything about it, uh, you know. So this is my one of my main guitars. But All you right. can see, so it's a combination of, it It doesn't sound exactly like either of these, uh -huh. but it, it's its own thing, but it, <clears throat> Uh, yeah, so I would say I would kind of consider okay. it a hybrid. And let's talk about a little bit about the fretboard too, and up to the it's the head of the guitar, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Headstock. Headstock. Yeah, the tuning pegs. Right. All right, so that's where you tune yeah. the strings. Yeah, yeah. And then, um, and there are are there fretless guitars that don't have these lines? Is what that yeah. would be. Yeah, uh, there are. And I don't have one. Okay, like uh, there's fretless basses too. Yeah, and it's a it's a whole different kind of sound. Is it? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, definitely. All right. So. Okay. Well, thank you for showing us those. That's yeah. awesome. That's awesome. And let's see, what else do we want? Oh, we want to talk about this. You wrote a book. I did. You did. Mainly uh, interviews, actually. Yeah. Let's show. Let's uh, show your book. And we'll get it. We'll get a shot of this too. This. Uh, it's called Tone, Tone Wizards. Wizards. Tone Wizards. Interviews with top guitarists and gear gurus on the quest <coughs> for the ultimate sound. And so um, I was on a, a family vacation, and uh, you know, and the, the vacations uh, I don't always wind down <laughs> right away. It's like you know, it does take a while. You know, because it's like oh, I, I, there's you know, I uh, uh, you know, I should be doing something, right? Oh, uh, vacation. You're feeling work. guilty because you're Yeah, you know, I, yeah, <laughs> exactly. And, but one of the things that I do is, I, I brought a book to read, and, and it was, a, I think, James Alter book. But one of his things was, is uh, every day write down three ideas. Just, and so force yourself to get into the habit of coming up with ideas. Okay. And so, I, you know, because my mind's working on my vacation, it's like, okay, am I gonna come up, I have to come up with ideas and stuff. And so anyways, the idea for this book came about. What if there was a book where there was an interview in depth with players and also the people that make gear on what is in, uh, individual sound and tone and style and, and how is it the gear related with the gear and the player and where is it connected? And so I came up with a series of, of questions that I would ask uh, uh, you know, similar questions to all these people, and so you would see as you go chapter to chapter, the 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 variations and similarities between what they have. Oh, saying. I love that! Yeah. So, uh, and any any idea, you know, the inspiration of it is like that's a great idea, and then you get into it and how hard it is. <laughs> and I wrote, I I worked through a yeah. lot of personal uh, because reaching out and trying to push through walls to like to get 
uh, past gatekeepers to try to you know get people to, to agree get to get the interviews was very difficult. Yeah. I mean, really hard. Yeah. And I was thinking about that when I saw some of the names that you have on there, yeah. like, like who are some of the people you interviewed? Well, like uh, well, like one that comes to mind that that, that kind of that helped. Uh, so I interviewed John Sir, the guy who actually makes these guitars and uh, had a great interview with him. And then afterward I said, hey, is there anybody you can connect me with uh -huh. to do this, uh -huh. right? And uh, he gave me uh, Peter Frampton's contact. Oh my gosh. And he, if you, if you read the chapter on it, he goes way back with Peter Frampton in New York, uh, you know, when he was working there and yeah. some of the early guitars. And so, so some of that was the referral. Uh, some, uh, you know, uh, I had people I had known through the years, like uh, Carl Verheyen. I've known for a long, long time. He was the first person I asked. In fact, I bounced it. Carl Verheyen. He's a, a famous studio guy. Also plays guitar uh, for uh, Supertramp and solo. Mm. Oh, wow. He also does a, a lot of you know guitar-based stuff. Great guy. Great player. But and, and I and I and kind of a mentor in the sense. I reached out to him. and Said, "What do you think about this idea?" I bounced it off him. Mm -hmm. He said, yeah, and so he was the, that's basically the first interview and then worked it from there. Yeah. And, and I mean, and there's a lot of people in there. I can't go through each one, but it right. was then getting the interviews and then, um, you know, uh, getting them transcribed. You know, right. I, 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 that was huge. And I was able to find somebody on, you didn't uh, do that up, no, I couldn't, there was just a, no way I yeah. couldn't do it. But then I had, I did all the editing and the, you know, the other, the book ending, of of it, you know, context mm -hmm. on all mm -hmm. that stuff, yeah. but it was a two-year project. I mean, it really uh, a lot of a lot of my other musical stuff went on hold when I did this. Oh, right, know, yeah. But it was one of those things where I had gotten you know this bug that's I have to do this. Uh huh. And I think that's one of the things too, and maybe this is part of my nature is is, is like I, uh, I, I, you know, if I decide to do something, I finish things. Uh, you know. Right, you don't have a zillion projects that yeah, are you know. unfinished. Yeah. Now I have plenty of songs I haven't finished because at some point you know, you can't force it, right? If it's yeah. not going to, if if it's not coming, then the yeah, it's got to be organic. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, and I'm okay with that. When I was when I was younger, I I fought that like yeah. I'm going to finish this thing. Right. And I, now it's like, hey, write another <laughs> you one. Beat yourself up. Let it go. <laughs> write another one. Yeah. Right. Okay, we're getting close to the end of the interview portion of the show. So let's see, was there anything else I wanted to ask you? Let me just double check. Oh, your mom, um, I just wanted to, to bring up that your mom uh, has painted paintings. Yes. And they're hanging here in your studio. We will show pictures of these okay, paintings. Okay, yeah, but, uh, and many others she has. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So creativity is in your family. Yeah, yeah. she she also did stained glass and pottery and oh uh, but painting uh, pastels, watercolors, and oils were her, her thing. Yeah, and so, they're beautiful. And, beautiful. and we'll, we'll show these paintings. And so, uh, unfortunately, she passed away uh, before I actually did my stuff as a solo artist. Oh, that's too bad. Yeah. Uh, you know, she saw me play, you know, in the band and stuff, yeah. but, but, uh, yeah. And the, uh, the Out of the Shell record, uh, is, uh, uh actually one of her paintings. They right, show right. that. Yeah. Let's go to your performance. In the next segment of the show, we're going to hear Curtis play on his guitars. Guitars, I say. <laughs> I'll probably just use one. <laughs> and he'll tell he'll tell in that segment what he's going to play. He'll he'll speak a little bit about each of the songs he's going to play, and he'll um, he'll introduce it and say what he's going to be doing. So check back, and we will have Curtis's performance. See you there. <laughs> 